hello and welcome to our third very special strike edition of podcast. My name is Jason West. You can find me on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the username at teachmemrwest. You can also email me at podclasspod, that's podclasspod at gmail.com. It is a beautiful day here in Southern California. The rain has finally abated, thank God, because I I cannot imagine these poor teachers having to stand out in what was essentially Niagara Falls for Southern California. Uh, Standing out in that for four straight days was, I mean, we're talking about protesting or are we talking about Double Dare's physical challenge? It is... (laughs) And I'm somebody who's watching it as an outsider. I can't imagine <laughs> those poor teachers felt uh, hopefully all of their shoes and clothes are fully dry at this point and they are gearing up and ready to get back out there if this strike continues. Today's very special guest is Amanda McCarthy. She is a very special guest for numerous reasons. One, obviously she's an LAUSD teacher who's on strike. Two, she is a first-year teacher this This girl is six months into her career and is now part of one of the biggest strikes in the history of education. And the third reason is that she is a a unicorn in education. She is a middle school health teacher. We do not see many of those around these parts. (laughs) Suddenly it just turned into like an old prospector. We don't see health teachers around these parts. I don't know. (laughs) Sorry about that. I think I think just all the sunshine, I'm not used to it, but it's affecting my brain. But uh, yeah, it. she is a rare breed in education these days. And I'll talk to her a bit about being such a rare and exotic bird of being the health teacher in middle school in education. And I also talked to her about how this strike has impacted the way she views this career that she has very recently chosen for herself. It's a really fascinating episode. I continue to be impressed and enlightened by all of the LAUSD teachers that are coming on this show. Again, thank you to everyone who has sent me recommendations for teachers, and thank you to all the people who have sent in their questions. If you do have a question, or if you do have other people that you'd like to recommend for this show, you know how to reach me. Again, set it at the top of the show, at TeachMeMrWest on all forms of social media or email podclasspod, that's podclasspod at gmail.com. Again, still no fake commercial breaks. Hopefully this strike will end because, frankly, I miss them. I miss the the silly little interludes. Remember when we could just make jokes about education and not have to worry that it was going to crumble from within at such a rapid rate? I miss that. Let's get this strike over with, yeah? All right, let's start the show. Sunny, beautiful day here in Southern California. Finally, having some nice weather. The uh, the rain has let up. The sun is out. The skies are blue. I have with me Amanda McCarthy, first year teacher at LA Unified. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? 
I'm doing well. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So with the weather improving as much as it has, what are you hearing on the strike front? How are negotiations going? Is Are the negotiations turning out as well as the weather has turned out? Um, well, they are confidential right now. Both parties, the district and UTLA, agreed to confidentiality um, from when they went back to the table on Friday. So we're not entirely sure what's going on, but we have been getting updates that they're going to work through the weekend. And I think that's a really good sign. Oh, yeah. I mean, you would you would hate to get an email saying, well, it's a three-day weekend. See ya. Right. We're taking a break. We'll be back <laughs> on Tuesday. We really need this long weekend. It's been a tough week. It's been, yeah. though it really has been a tough week for us, for sure. But yeah, we're we're appreciative that both sides are working on it throughout the weekend because there are a lot of teachers that need to get back into their classrooms and a lot of kids that are counting on us. Can you think of the last time you had a weekend where you literally had nothing to think about in terms of grading or lesson planning or anything like that? It's funny because I'm still thinking about all of those things. Like I, this has not been any kind of break or fun experience of like, oh, I can take a load off, even though it's a work stoppage. Um, I, I'm sure other teachers feel the same, but I've been thinking about my class 24 seven. Um, I've still been working on getting things for them. I actually teach a one semester class. So I just got a brand new group of students the week before the strike started. Um, yeah. So I have 150 new students to get to know. How old? They're seventh graders. They're 12 years old, most of them. Um, So I have an entire new semester to plan for and a whole new group of students to get to know. Uh, So I feel like I have a ton of work to do, actually. And you teach health for middle school students. And that's a really interesting position to have because, you know, we were talking about it before we started recording when's the last time you saw a health teacher? It's it's pretty rare these days. Yes, we are definitely a rare group, unfortunately. Um, but such an important subject for, in the district, they require it for seventh grade and then for ninth grade. And if I was in charge of things, we would be seeing it in kindergarten through 12th grade. Um, it's a subject that kind of gets lumped in with our science curriculum. And while it is a science, um, a lot of it has to do with behavior and has to do with mental health and helping students cope with a lot of the mental health issues that they face. And so it's very upsetting to me as well as I'm sure all the other health teachers out there that it's kind of seen as one of those afterthought subjects instead of something that really is truly a necessity, especially for kids going through uh, puberty. Such a huge life change that really is turning their world upside down. And to try and push that into a two-week curriculum seems insane. 
So I am happy that that my school prioritized, you know, hiring a health teacher just to teach health. And I absolutely love teaching it. It's my favorite thing. Now, you talk about mental health services. We all know what the union is fighting for. They've listed their demands. They've made it pretty clear. What is it specifically that you are striking for? Are are you really on that corner for school psychologists or nurses, or is there something else that's much more personal to you? Um, Definitely the mental health aspect is one of the biggest things. All of the research has told us that this generation in particular, the students that we have in our schools right now, are dealing with the highest rates of anxiety and depression than we've ever seen before. Now, I don't know if that's just because we've had more studies on it and mental health has had more visibility in the past decade or so than it had before, or, um, and I think it's probably a combination of both, we have this entirely new landscape where students spend the majority of their free time on technology, on their cell phones, on computers. And I definitely think that's affecting a lot of their mental health. The social media aspect is huge. Um, So to me, that's a big one. Um, Having a child tell you that they're feeling suicidal or that they've experienced this kind of trauma and you literally have no one to send them to or to point them to other than their guidance counselor who has... 800 other students that they need to be looking out for. It's very, very disheartening. Um, That's a huge one for me. And then I would say the other big one that's very personal for me, and I know a lot of other teachers out there, is the class sizes. I mean, any teacher in secondary school, and I'm sure in elementary too, are dealing with these class sizes that are, they were unbelievable to me when I first got in there. Um, what, what, what's your typical class size? So for me right now, and I feel lucky, my biggest one um, is 35 and my smallest one is 30. However, last year when I was a student teacher in LAUSD, I was teaching three class periods a day. I'm at a local high school. My smallest class had 40 and my largest had 43. So, yeah, I feel welcome to teaching. Yeah, I feel lucky I'm currently in a middle school. That's the only reason that I have 35 and not 45. Um, Health is a general ed class. So it kind of goes the way of art class and PE where everybody has to take it. And I'm the only health teacher at my school site. So I literally see every single seventh grade student. Um, And yeah, they've got to fit them all in there. And that's how they're doing it. And it's very uh, overwhelming for me, but also for the students. I mean, just if you look at my classroom, I mean, the students are literally packed in there wall to wall. Yeah, When you say you're lucky that you're in a middle school and not a high school, can you elaborate on that for the people who don't know about uh, the different rules for elementary, middle, and high school? Yeah, so I'm not sure on the elementary numbers. I know it's in the mid to high 20s of a class, a class 
cap. Um, so mid to high 20s for the cap, class cap size. And then for middle school, it's 37. So 37 is the absolute maximum that you can have in a class, which is huge. 37 students is a lot. Um, keep in mind, I teach five classes. So uh, it's not just those 37 students. And then in high school, the cap is 46. Um, we already have some schools that have close to 50 kids. The ratio is 50 to one in a classroom. And, and, and that doesn't even talk about PE when PE can be. Oh, PE, PE at my middle school, they have 50 students. So yeah. at the high school level, I'm sure it's more like 60. And and those are kids who are outside running around. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how PE teachers do it. I don't know. God, God bless the PE teachers of the PE world. Teachers. They really, that's a, that's a job there. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's very overwhelming. Um, I did not grow up in Los Angeles. I did not attend. Um, I didn't attend public school. And so my class sizes growing up were, like maximum 25. And it just was never something I thought about. And when I first started getting into the classroom here in Los Angeles, I was super shocked. And I had kind of, you know, mentioned to my coworkers, I was definitely naive about the reality of our public schools. Like I think a lot of people are, um, because I've talked to people who grew up here, my partner attended LAUSD schools from kindergarten until high school graduation. And even, you know, when he was in school, the class sizes were not as large as they are now. So we've definitely seen a change, even in LAUSD, from the time that a lot of the students I'm teaching started school to where we're at now. And I hear a lot of teachers mention that, that the the change has happened so quickly with the class sizes getting larger and then also limiting of resources. Um, so it's all I've ever known as a teacher, but I do hear from a lot of other people who have been in these schools for a long while that things have changed, that they weren't always like this. So one of the things that I think is really interesting, especially about this situation, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you in particular on this show, is like you, there are thousands of brand new teachers, not just new to LAUSD, but new to education. Mm-hmm. Talk about how this, the development of this strike, I mean, you heard about it, what, day one, I imagine? You walked in and you heard, hey, there is a potential for a strike months down the line. How has this affected your teaching practices, your view on the career you've chosen, your view on the district you've chosen? How has this impacted you as a first-year teacher? Yeah, it's been crazy. I was just talking to a colleague of mine, also a first-year teacher, and we were out there picketing and we were saying, wow, this really is the most interesting first year. We could not have predicted any of this. Um, when I was student teaching, my master teacher mentioned to me uh, when Austin Butner became superintendent that, you know, this is going to be an issue down the line. This is what his agenda is. 
were concerned about it. Um, and in, in that moment, it was kind of a far off idea. I was like, okay, now I have this information. I looked him up. I looked up his background, no education experience, which was, you know, just frustrating as someone who was going through all of this schooling to get my teeth. You're like, how do I somehow have more experience yeah. in education than the superintendent of exactly. the second largest district in the country? Exactly. Like I had my bachelor's degree and I was naive again in thinking like, oh, I have my bachelor's degree. I can just go teach. That's not, that was not it. I had to go back to school. Took me two years to get my teaching credential, more student loans I had to take out. Um, so it definitely was, it's, it's frustrating when you know that people who are making the decisions don't even have the same credentials you have. Um, and then when I got hired at my school site, we started in August, mid-August. And I think the vote to authorize the strike was the next week. So literally second week of school, I was in there authorizing a strike Damn. thing. Yeah, if we need a strike, I will. And for me, that was never really... Um, something that I had to think about too much. I, you know, after the Supreme Court decision last year uh, that struck down the power of unions and, you know, saying that you'd, it wasn't a requirement to join, um, I knew where I stood on that whole issue. I understand the benefit that unions have, um, especially in professions like the one we're in. So I never really had too much to grapple with when it came to that, but I do think in my mind I was I was hoping it wouldn't come to this. Um, I'm doing teacher induction now, so for new teachers in LAUSD, there's a two-year program you have to do on top of all the other credentials you have. Of now you have to clear your credential. And so that was my biggest concern of just like, how is this going to interfere with me clearing my credential? Um, there's just one. And, and how is it going to interfere? Yeah. So luckily my mentor is super supportive. She was in the classroom for over a decade and she was, you know, texting me day one being like, you go girl. Um, so she is super supportive and I know we'll work between the two of us to make up uh, the time that I've missed. So far, we were required to meet one hour a week. So, so far, we've only missed one meeting. Um, depending on how much further this goes on, I don't know. We'll have to reassess. How is, is there language that says you can't meet during the strike? Yeah, I think she, she wasn't even going to ask that of me. So mm. it wasn't a conversation that we had. But I do wonder about other people if they had a mentor that wasn't as supportive. I yeah. wonder what that situation would be like. But I do feel fortunate that, you know, she wasn't expecting us to meet that week anyway. So you had to vote to strike. Your second week there, you're still probably figuring out, you know, where the bathrooms are, how the email works, all, you know, where how to enter things into the gradebook, and you're voting on a major decision that will affect especially your first year, but your career in general. How much ownership do you take in this fight? How much 
do you feel like this is really your fight or do you feel like you are just standing with your colleagues in something that's important? I'm, I'm asking because you've, you've been in this career for, you know, not even six months. I wonder how much ownership you could take of it given the limited time you have spent and the limited time you had before making the decision to vote for the strike. Yeah, I, prior to my position now, I did spend the whole uh, last academic year in LAUSD classrooms. I wasn't the main teacher. I was student teacher, so I was basically working for free for the district for a year. Um, but I I was teaching those classes. Um, and so I had already seen the cracks. I saw them very clearly. I was pretty shocked when I spent that first year student teaching. Um, but I was grateful for the experience because I felt like it prepared me for what I was going into. Um, however, the neighborhood of my school had changed. So I went from uh, school in a better, just a better area, an area with more um, parent support, a wealthier area. Um, I say better with quotes around it because the neighborhood I work in now, I absolutely love. But on paper, these two neighborhoods could not be more different. So while I, I had seen the cracks in the system, uh, I nothing could have really prepared me for the neighborhood and the school that I went into this year. And it really only took a week to see wow, the disparity between the school I just came from and now the one that I'm at. And at the school I had just come from, I thought, here are all these things that we need that we're lacking. And I I had no idea what I was talking about. I went to this school site and I was like, wow, this is really what they're talking about when they're talking about um, just lack of resources and how much of it fell on me as a new teacher um, to even just get like classroom supplies. Luckily, I had a lot of people who were supportive of me in getting those supplies, but I still spent hundreds of dollars of my own money that first month. So to me, um, I felt very invested in this strike. I have seen just in these six months, five months, really, the effects of the lack of resources on our students. And for a lot of these students, this is their best shot, you know? Um, And it's very frustrating to me as an educator, and I know a lot of the other educators I work with, to see some of these students being robbed of that opportunity that we are supposed to guarantee to them, which is a free public education. That's a quality education. And it's just not happening in a lot of our schools for reasons beyond our control. So I felt felt a pretty... um, big stake in the strike, even though I was a new teacher. And I definitely don't have any regrets. Having been out there this past week, um, it really has just been such a reminder of like why I chose this profession and who we're really fighting for. Because as much as we're fighting for teacher needs, 
um, we're fighting for our students' needs. The teachers, I think, have already gone into this profession knowing the reality of some of the stuff we're going to face. But when you see those injustices being done to a child, it really uh, triggers something in you. That's extremely upsetting. It's been a pretty up and down week with regards to this strike and the news coming in and out. Uh, the district has gone from blaming the union to being dismissive of how many people were out there saying, oh, there's only like 3,500 people are actually out there. And their most recent public statement has taken a really significant turn. They basically state how much they support what the teachers are doing and their opinions and what the parents are voicing their concerns over. They're basically saying, we're on your side, the real enemy. We should work together and go to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who are withholding our money. They're the ones who are not giving us the support we need. And it's, it's no longer a, you guys are hurting children. It's now a, we're in this together and it's Sacramento that's hurting us. That shift in tone, at least in the public statements, what does that say to you as a teacher on strike? Um, it says to me that the district is floundering. I think they really underestimated how much the parents were on our side um, and that they didn't believe in our ability to organize. I honestly don't really know what they what they were thinking. And again, it goes back to a lot of the people making the decisions have not spent time in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our classrooms. Because if they did, they would have known that this was coming and that, of course, we were going to be united and supported by students and parents. Um, anyone who spends any time in a public school realizes the situation. And I don't think that's just for Los Angeles. I feel like this is happening all over the country. Um, so yeah, I just see it as them trying to to push it off onto somebody else. And I think we see that happen in a lot of other areas too of like, you just find the next person that you can blame. And they're just throwing, waiting for to see what sticks. Um, but I try not to worry myself about that too much uh, because even, even if we do get all of the things that we're asking for, uh, we're still going to have a lot of work to do. And so for me, it's just about doing the work every day for my students in my school, in my community, and hopefully we're going to hold those people accountable next time uh, Next time it's time to elect school board members. Do you believe this is a district issue, or do you think it is more of a state issue? Um, probably a little bit of both. Before I became a teacher, I worked at a luxury hotel, and so I was very familiar with the wealth that is in this city. Um, and in this state, we're the sixth largest economy in the world. California has more money than the majority of other nations. 
So that to me is very confusing on that on the state level of why we don't have the funding that we need. And then on the district level, I hold them accountable because this is Los Angeles and the the country does look to us to as an example. Um, and we also have a lot of very extremely wealthy people in this city. And we also have one of the highest rates of poverty and homelessness. So there's something going on at a local level as well. Um, and when it comes to the district, putting the person that they put in charge was a huge red flag for a lot of us of where they want to take this district. And that didn't really have much to do with the state level. And so I think this strike too, a lot of people are saying it's a fight for public education in itself. And that's where that's coming from. Because we do have someone in charge right now that we know is in favor of privatization. And so we are fighting against that too. I asked this question of all the teachers coming on this show for these strike episodes. And I imagine your answer is going to be particularly unique because you've only had your students for about a week Mm -hmm. before you went on strike. What did you tell your students on your last day before striking? Um, Well, first I asked them for their questions. And I just reiterated how much of it was for them. I asked them, I said, raise your hand if you know who your guidance counselor is. Nobody raised their hand in all five of my classes. I asked them if if they knew who our librarian was. Again, some of them thought we had a librarian. We don't. I asked them how often the nurse was here. They're like, never, because they know. They ask all the time, miss. I don't feel good. Can I go to the nurse? And over and over again, they're met with, there's no nurse today. Um, We have a nurse only on Wednesdays. And so I I started with those questions, answering the student questions and then asking those questions of them and then followed it up with, well, that's what we're going out there to fight for. You're not from Los Angeles. You're not even from this coast. You are from Boston. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Born and raised in Boston. What are you telling your family and friends back home? I'm telling them, you know, it's funny. I actually don't really have to explain that much to them. Uh, my parents, they understand. They know what's going on. And they just keep telling me to fight the good fight. And... I think people back home, honestly, they've been nothing but supportive. I think people back home really get it. Um, And that's probably has a lot to do with my family and the work that they do. Um, They're pretty. What do they do? So my mother just retired from being a police officer. And my father and my sister work at the same homeless shelter. Um, My dad's in upper management. My sister works with getting chronically homeless people housed. Um, So there are people who work in their community and they understand the struggles that I'm facing out here are not that much different than some of the struggles they see in their community. Um, And my parents also grew up in going to public schools and did not have a great experience, unfortunately. 
Uh, my dad actually f- left school when he was my student's age. So they understand uh, where the the struggle is. And they've been very supportive of it. Um, I'm fortunate. I haven't really had any pushback against what we've been doing. It's all been great support. I just know if it were my mom, she'd find any excuse to tell me to come home. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Come home. Work here. There's no strike. No, they know that's not going to happen. So we're past that point, luckily. Well, thank you so much for giving up your time on your weekend in the midst of this strike for coming on reporting what's happening from your POV, both in the classroom and on the picket lines. And, uh, you know, we're all in support of doing what's best for kids and, uh, really appreciate you putting yourself out there, especially so early into your career for fighting for what you believe is best for kids. So, uh, you know, Glad the rain has finally stopped. The skies have cleared and hopefully it won't be such a miserable experience to be standing outside for seven, eight hours a day. But uh, yeah, thank you for everything. Yeah, thank you so much for the support and for talking with me. Okay, that is our show. Again, thank you very much to Amanda McCarthy for joining me and thank you, pod classmates, for listening. Hopefully this will be the final very special strike episode of this show but if the strike does continue you can rest assured knowing that every few days i will be putting out brand new mini pod episodes featuring lausd teachers maybe even parents maybe even district officials letting you know what is going on from their perspective as the strike continues let's keep it dry let's keep it positive let's get these teachers back in the classrooms Until next time, pod class dismissed.